Welcome everyone to Oh the Cubanity. Uh, my name is Mike Mercadal, and with me is my best friend, Chris Kwan. Chris Kwan. Um, this is the first episode in a podcast. Uh, uh, if you're listening to us, maybe you found us through the Missing Sock Podcast Network. Maybe you found us through What's Up, Bro. I'm on a bunch of other different shows. And um, the impetus for this show is we, in the past, we're recording this literally uh, three days after a insurrection was has taken place in the, in the Capitol building in the United States. I am a Cuban American descendant from Miami, Florida. So is Chris. And we feel that we are sick and tired of having the news media represent Cubans as the monolithic Trump cult that you see in Miami, Florida. Is that right? Oh, I'm just, it's exhausting, man. I, I mean, nowadays when you tell people you're Cuban, they're like, oh, so. And that's yeah. when you kind of discover if someone's like a super ultra conservative. Like, oh, so you're like. I'm like, you're like, like me, like, like me. What? Huh? No, there there's an element of saying you're Cuban that you've I'm tired of having to make an excuse for. Right. Like the prejudice, not like not prejudice in the sense of like racial prejudice, but the prejudging that people do the precedent set by how we're perceived is already like it's such a defensive thing when you're like no i'm not anything like that so a little bit about us is that we are both uh, born and raised in miami florida from cuban families very different cuban families just in miami you know like like uh just in the way that we're brought up well like i I remember meeting your family mike and i remember like meeting your mom and i was like oh my god your mom speaks perfect english that sure. was mind blowing to me. I'm like, wait, you can talk to your mom in English? I couldn't eat in my house if I didn't speak <laughs> Spanish. Nevertheless, communicate about I don't know life. That was uh, I. I fall. I also. So this is an interesting point because if you don't speak Spanish at home, or if your Spanish is not good as a Cuban person in Miami or whatever, you get judged as not being Cuban enough. And that's a whole other thing that we're going to talk about on this podcast where the not living up to Cuban expectations within the community versus outside the community, because both of us have also selected to leave Miami. We've both, as adults, left to other parts of the United States and and have had to live life outside of the Miami Latinx bubble. You know what I mean? Like the Miami experience, predominantly Cuban, is is so self-contained in this like force field that the outside of the United the rest of the United States outside of that bubble almost feels like like a like a it, lie. It, it's a, it's a, it feels like a foreign country, man. I didn't I didn't realize it until some people said when I went to Miami, I felt like it was in a different country. And it's funny when I would travel to conferences and stuff, I, I was like, wow, every other city is a different country or every other state is a different country. No, it was Miami. Miami is its own yeah. world. Like it is, I don't even, we call it part of America. It's just so different. It's so Not, freakishly different. It's so different, but there's like every part of the United States has its differences and has its uniquenesses, but th- it's different in a way that feels almost like antagonistic. <laughs> 
Like, like it's trying to fight the rest of them. Of first of all, there's a lot of that. Like, um, Miami is not part of Florida thing because Florida is inherently this insane like place to the rest of America. Like when you also not only are we Cubans, not only are we from Miami, but we're also from Florida, and any three, any one of those three things, if you tell someone you're from there or a part of that group they will immediately have an image in their mind of what that is supposed to be. Florida man. Everybody knows about Florida man. You know, like everybody knows about alligators. It's, it's shit. absolutely that. It's like, I'm from Florida, from Miami, Cuban family. They're like alligators. All right. Yeah. Meth. All right. Cocaine. And I'm yes. like, uh, no, there's, I mean, to be fair, I'm like, yeah, some of those things, but also there's a lot right. more. Yeah. You're not a hundred percent wrong, but you're not a hundred percent right. Yeah. Either. Like I was there yeah. like, what? Just because the house I grew up in was in front of a swamp and there were probably alligators in there. doesn't mean everyone grew up there. Right. Just because that as a kid, my house was at the end of just a sawgrass field. And I, we used to get together and kill snakes that would sneak into the neighborhood, like little uh, Lord of the Flies children with a fucking rake. Um, we like, you know, it's it's one of it's so like this is what the show is about. And we were tr we were talking before we started recording, like, what is the point of this show? We are tired of feeling alone in this kind of. It, like, you know, like, am I taking crazy pills mentality of like, this is not who we are. We're tired of being judged for this sort of thing. But also we want to find other people who feel that way, especially Cuban American descent. So trying to find Cuban American, Cuban descendant Americans who do not feel like the conservatism in Miami, the Trump craziness, even just Republicanism in Miami that was so heavily pumped into our faces by the news, by, you know, Fox news and by all these people like, you know, you all like Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz who could, you know, fuck off the, like they don't represent us. And we know for a fact, there have to be people out in the world that do not feel that, you know, that are Cuban descendant that in America that do not feel that they rep they represent them either. And we want to talk to them and we want to tell their stories and we want to kind of broaden the perspective of what it means to be Cuban, uh, Cuban American, but also immigrant descendant, you know, like there's a, it's such a strong uh, thing in the United States to be an immigrant that we're all literally de immigrant descendants, you know, every from, from literally every non-indigenous person is an Im is descendant from immigrants and how much it's celebrated or has been in, in the past. And then it becomes a sort of evil that, be that, 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 that the Trump Republicanism, the quote unquote, you know, like right wing starts to view as, as, as evil. And, and we want to show that perspective as well through this lens of Miami because it's, it's genuinely this, this, like this little ecosystem that that's worthy of, of talking about. And also I want to broaden my perspectives and I know you do as well, but like of list, like hearing what it's like to be uh, Cuban American in other parts of the country. Cause we know our experience, we can talk about it all day, but I would love to hear how other people feel. Oh yeah, Do like you, I ran into I ran into a Cuban couple in Denver, and it was like, whoa! Yeah, I thought it'd be intense like? where I live. I'm like, what's it feel like in Denver? 
And like now one of my colleagues, she's, you know, Puerto Rican descent from Minnesota, like from minute, like born and raised in Minnesota. And I was like, ah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There's genuinely like a curiosity, of course. There's, you know, like I genuinely want to, um, uh, uh, what was I going to say? I genuinely want to like share those experiences and, and give a platform to show those experiences. But also one of the things that I would like to focus on too is like having um, people in the public eye, like public perception. Mm-hmm. Like the dream, like the dream would be to to interview and get the perspective of celebrities, politicians, entertain, you know, like entertainers, musicians, uh, business leaders, anything like that, that can somehow like add some more color and flavor to how, you know, people like me, a white Cuban American who is raised and has never really fit in. I should also say, I didn't really introduce like our, we didn't give our bona fides uh, coming into this. Uh, my name is Mike Mercadal. I'm a comedian in New York City and an actor. And it, we, Chris and I ran an improv theater for many years. We got our start in comedy and, and, and in Miami. And uh, I moved to New York to pursue the career in entertainment in term, acting and, and comedy. Yeah. And Chris, Chris is in a different world. Oh, now. yeah. Kind of a, kind of a different space. Uh, I born and raised in Miami my whole life. Uh, Cube, very, very Cuban family. And I left Miami at the end of my 20s or kind of like toward the end, middle of my 20s. And I moved to the the great state of Texas. And I'm actually uh, I'm actually in education and uh, nonprofit management. And that's what I've been doing just my whole life is like running programs and making programs work for, you know, kids in inner cities. And that's what that's what I've done with my time. But, yeah, Mike and I met doing improv and doing comedy and. Uh, yeah, with a whole lot of other you know crazy fun Miami characters, that's for sure. Well, we did comedy in Miami, which um, is different. not easy. Is in itself <laughs> yeah. different. Different. It's this because we and 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 you've done some in there and some over there in Dallas. You you were part of an improv organization there as well. And I've done comedy here in New York for 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 many years now, and. One of the issues that we came that we realized is that Miami, the Miami comedy scene has so much competition with just partying that no, like Miami comedy became this kind of like it's it's you don't like you leave Miami to do to do entertainment like it's 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 an interesting thing in terms of like what would you how like. okay I think the Miami comedy scene is like hard. It's like. It's like the Harvey Dent in the Dark Knight kind of thing. Either, yeah, it's like you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. So like, yeah, you you can die a hero. You can kind of leave and go be mm-hmm. great somewhere else. Or you're in Miami forever and you become a Miami comedian yes like a, st- a miami stare trope yeah. oh absolutely like it's just like hey anybody been to a club lately and bitches be like uh, 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 and yeah. fucking douches be like duh, 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 duh. and uh that's your and Let's everyone make loves jokes it about, people love it by the way yeah, they lose their minds let's make a joke about how kendall is different than doral like that's such a like yeah, those yeah. are the kind of jokes that you tell in in miami and you know like they're I, I, I've been gone for a while and I know that there's been some changes, but by God, there's not much 
like every time every time we've gone back to visit and i don't know in the last year because of covid that we've been stuck here um we've been stuck you know where we are um that that every time we go back we're like hey i wonder if it's dip no nope, nope it's, it's exactly the same oh, nothing has changed oh, that's the same. everyone's that's trying to there's a yeah. chick-fil-a that's different yeah, oh, <laughs> that's different that's growth yeah, it'll close down um, soon though it'll close but down yeah soon. like Miami, in terms of the arts and in, in, that we were exposed to, and and you had some affiliation with some like you know community theater stuff that was happening down there, and and all that stuff. There was never a time where you weren't fighting tooth and nail to not to to like be viewed as legitimate forms of ways to spend your time, other than just going out. Like I, I used to have a joke where like you could sum up Miami with one sentence: Where do we put the DJ? Because it doesn't matter what the event is. It's like, where do we put the DJ? It's like, hey, we're having a comedy show. It's like, okay, where would you put the DJ? Because after the show, the party starts. Absolutely. Or we're having a, a five-year-old's birthday party. Where do we put the DJ so that the adults can drink and dance? You know, like, we're going to have a PTA meeting. Where do we put the DJ? You know, like, there's there's never not a, P, a DJ or some form of party associated to everything in Miami that it becomes a point that every other art form is kind of like delegitimized like art basel is a great example mm. of is art basel the popular is it is so popular because of the art or because of the party or because if it's in miami absolutely it's, like i wonder you know i'm I mean? like i i genuinely wonder it's like would art basel be as big and strong and powerful yeah, you know, if they de- decided to have it like in Wichita Springs, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Oklahoma City, be like, uh, yeah, yeah, uh. they didn't. They picked art. Well, it's also because Miami is where the rest of the country does to goes to do drugs. You know, like like they do drugs everywhere, but like they go to Miami to party. Like nobody goes to Miami. Like from what, and this is from just like people I've spoken to here, and then whenever I travel, and just the public perception of when I tell people I'm from Miami, they just think of partying nonstop, and Miami they think of South is, Beach. Miami's like Vegas without the gambling, yes, and really there is gambling like on boats. So, it, but it's like Vegas without gambling, where when you tell people you're from Miami, the initial response is almost always like I, I, they've probably been, I've been to Miami. Mm-hmm. I can't go there for more than like three days, man. Three yeah. more, three. If I spent <laughs> one more day in Miami, it's, oh, I don't know what would have been of it's, my life. It's 100%. If I spent, it's, there's a, sh- that's the idea of a shelf life. There, if you're born and raised in Miami, it's there, like, I've always said that you either love it or you leave it. You know, like, like it's it's literally that that fucking uh, Republican statement. Oh, if you don't like America, you can get out. Miami is like the purely condensed, like distilled version of that because it's no one's telling you to leave. You just feel it. You're like, um, I, you're like all of a sudden you're like, why is am I angry at it? Like, oh, right. I have to get the fuck out of here. It's, and al- it's, it's true. Al- it's almost like social social party evolution. Like you just live there, and you know you'll probably know by your mid twenties, kind of if you're gonna stick around there. It's like oh, it, it's like uh, well, you know my my scene's not really paying forty dollars for parking and thirty dollars for a cocktail and waiting in line for two hours. It's like oh, it's not. Then what are you doing here? Yeah, what are you doing here? Are you not? And that's there's a big thing now in Miami with trying to make it a tech hub, 
of uh, this business? Because you were involved in business entrepreneurship as well, and you you were involved in in certain programs. Like you you are a are are in the world of betterment and improving things and 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 of helping children and all that stuff. Miami will get a tech industry when I win an Oscar. I oh. mean, there's. I'm not saying it's impossible. There might be a way that I will eventually get cast in a role that I will win an Oscar. But the amount of things that have to happen in order for that to happen, for that to, for that to culminate that way, would would be improbable, to say the least. Yeah, every time I was in, um, yeah, I was definitely in like the entrepreneurship education community. And I, and I was here in Texas, too. And I kind of still am. I'm in like workforce development just now for, you know, high school students. But sure. man... Every conversation was like, you know, if we could just change the culture of the city. And I'm like, the <laughs> what? what? You want to change the, the essence of people's literally ingrained behaviors, ideologies? Like, oh, yeah, you know, if you could only do that. Uh, you know, oh, if only you could do that, then the entire city would change. You know, the only cities that is, you know, and the only way to do that on a grand scale is like, I don't know, mass gentrification. It's like, oh yes. man, if only we could San Francisco, this motherfucker is really what they were saying. <laughs> it's like, if only we could remove the population that's here and replace it with a population that is more agreeable to our ideas. Yeah, then it would yeah. be a tech hub. And you're like, but then, then we could make it a tech hub. Then yeah, it's, it's not crazy. Miami, then it's just something In else. Term yeah, then it's then it's it's literally like, oh, you could just go to another city and do that. You know what I mean? Like that's the <laughs> why. Why or you change? Can just go to an empty. You know, I've always felt I'm like, yeah, just build like a a Silicon Valley in the I don't know in the middle of like Idaho or something. Just do it. People will go nowadays. Like, just just do that if you really want to. But to be fair, there were a lot of a lot of advancements over in Miami, like in in the Wynwood area downtown miami's been building up but yeah it is a but building it is up a, what? it is like, a losing it is a losing battle it's it's to a, try to change the culture of miami i who, who like that in itself is a losing battle you cannot what's the like what's this, the what's the the hydra the hydra you cut off yes. one head and two more that's what happens in my that's the thing it's like oh yeah. man we inspired one young uh, a young Miami person to become right. an entrepreneur. Yeah, but their two cousins are on the way. And yes. uh, their two cousins are... <laughs> they're not, and it's going to take a while. To bring it back to, like, the Cuban idea... The, like, the Cubanness of it, the Cubanity of it, um, there, there's, a, there's, an, there's something in the Cuban culture that has always permeated my thinking of it that... You're always looking for the big, everything is a negotiation and everything is a trying to, in other words, I don't want to say the word scam because it's, the scam implies that it's malicious. Uh, like you're trying to steal something, but it's like benign scam, like scams, like everything's got an angle to it. Everybody's working a deal. Everybody's always like got a hustle that creates this kind of disingenuous facade over like an entire population. Cause like, um, uh, Oh, uh, we, uh, we're separate from what we're talking about right now. Dream guest would be uh, another dream guest would be Billy, Billy Corbin. Oh yeah, because yeah, awesome. we gotta talk to him. But uh, we'll get to that at the end of this uh, rant that I'm on. But it's like a sunny. The, he's he coined the phrase a sunny place for shady people. Like it's an entire like it's an entire population that seems to be composed entirely of seedy underbelly. 
right? Like that's the vibe. Look, look, you know what it is? It's a, it's a less organized, it's like a less organized, uh, I feel like all of the frontline mob members is like what Miami is. It's just like less organized, organized crime or like almost even accepted like it's just accepted decentralized crime <laughs> decentralized you know what we have de- we have democratized uh theft and Fuck. crime and 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 fucking with shit because at the end of the day um that's just that's just what people had to do a long time ago right. i think yes. but uh but yeah there is definitely like a culture I- of that in Miami but the cubanity of it is just um, it's based out of the fact that that there was a mass migration of people huge. of an entire like just an insane amount of people flooded such a small uh, t- essentially small area that it that and that there had to be systems quote unquote systems put in place that then because it was unprecedented or or you know like this kind of giant this this influx of of an entire people separated by a language barrier, which is the, um, that's the American story. That's the American story is a bunch of people coming to a country separated by language and then sticking to those communities until they ingrain themselves as themselves in a process and then go from there. You know what I mean? Like they establish those bubbles real hard, like the Italians and the Irish in New York and every, and, 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 you know, like the uh, Chinese people on the West coast and, and different, you know, Vietnamese people in California after the Vietnam war, Japanese people in Hawaii. Like there are areas that are known to be, have certain um, ethnic origins or, you know, like uh, that, that are uh, like known for, they're known for those, those groups. Miami became this like hub of Cuban people because of the revolution in Cuba and its expulsion of I I want to say affluent. Oh, absolutely. People. And that's kind of I will say the Cubanity rant that I go on is just that we've we've heard one narrative our entire lives of the Cuban right. experience and it's been reinforced pretty hard over the years. Uh, especially the last four years. I mean, it has been reinforced and kind of, and kind of shoved down our throats. And I I didn't, I didn't even come to realize it, but I didn't come to appreciate the fact that um, my story is very different. And guess what? Most people's stories of people that live in Miami or Cubans in America or Cuban America, first, second, third generation are so different from the well-known Cuban story that, or Cuban representation that they have of just Cuban Americans here in the United States, that it's just mind blowing how people in the same colleagues, students, um, friends of yours can have such a brutally different experience. Yet the rest of the country just thinks, you know, knows this one narrative, period, end of story. Well, I would argue that the narrative isn't real from its inception because it was told by people who were trying to, to, to get everyone on their side and then enough generations of that. And you've changed the story in like where you believe what you're telling other people is your truth is not the truth at all, which is why I feel the Trump narrative of make America great again really resonates with people who are already lying to themselves about their own history. You know what I mean? Right. Like, 
You know what I mean? Like if make America great again is a, is a lie about uh, your own history. Like, let's go back to when America was great. It was not great unless you were of a part of a very specific group. So you're not talking about America. You're talking about white America, white affluent America, et cetera, et cetera. You can, you can start to really specialize the same way the Cubans that left during, during before and during Castro's the, the revolution were the ones that had the agency and ability to do so, which meant they had to have money. Oh, right. Right. 10,000%, man. 10,000%. That's, that's the biggest, that's my biggest, with with the Cuban narrative nowadays or the Cuban American narrative. It's, uh, oh, you guys were all, or, you know, maybe it's, uh, you guys are doing so great or you guys struggled in this way or that way. And this was so evil or that was so evil. And you go, that's like that's like maybe five percent of the entire population of Cuban Americans in all of at this point. It, right. it's, it was maybe two percent of the island, right. maybe two percent of the and island then, who was able to come here and go. Oh, cool! That was great. Oh man, shit really sucked back then. Uh, maybe we should leave. Oh yeah, let's just uh get on a plane and get the fuck out of here. Well, they want to take our money from us. Yeah. That's it. And they're going to take like, our money from us. They're going to take our money from us, so let's take our money away from here. And that's that's basically kind of how it broke down. And then those and, are the people that crafted the narrative. Those yeah. are the people. And to be fair, and you know, it's like those that are the we people. were kicked out of our homes and we were do all this stuff. It's like, well, you had the money to be relocate and reposition yourself. To become immigrants in a new country with money is very different than becoming an immigrant in a country with no money. So that's also like cut to now where there's like this huge anti-immigration like idea from Cuban Americans when we're the chosen people. Oh, we are the most. We are the most most, privileged immigrant community in in the the history history of the United States. Of maybe the world. The history of the world. Yeah. Okay. We're American citizens. You and I are American citizens. Born yeah. here, lived here. Ne- I don't have a citizenship anywhere else. If I wanted a citizenship somewhere else, I don't know. I want to, hey man, I want to move to England. Hey man, I want to move to Germany. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Right. No, thank you. Wait, but I'm American. No, thank you. Yeah, oh, well, you have to earn your way. You have in. to earn yeah. your way. Or I mean, yeah, you have to earn your. I mean, go through the the common whatever immigration process those countries might have if they even you know let you stay, stick around for a while. Cubans mm-hmm. for what 50, 60 years were just allowed to. Oh, you made it. Okay. Yeah. Come on in. Oh, I, just I, just stick was... around. Oh, you made it and you you stayed here for a year. Path to citizenship. By the way. I acknowledge that it's a super, I do, I don't know if my parents ever will, it's a super privilege they had. Like, oh, yeah. it is It is a fucking superpower, what, yes. they, what Cubans it's had. It's an immigrant superpower. Yeah. And then to then turn around and then see other people who were claiming asylum and all that stuff. That caravan thing was really divisive, especially in my family, because there's people in my family who were arguing that... Um, these people, if they didn't want to risk this, the separation, they shouldn't be breaking the law, shouldn't be separated from their kids. They shouldn't be traveling. It's dangerous. How are they going to put their kids' lives in danger and blah, blah, blah. And they came in fucking Pedro Pan. You know what I mean? Like their parents, their, their, for the listeners who doesn't know, who don't know what Pedro Pan is, a Peter Pan, uh, 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 let's call it uh, movement process. Really? Yeah. That, that in from the 
Cubans in Cuba would were allowed to send their children, funded by the Catholic Church, mind you, into the United States to be housed here as a process for them to to declare residency. Like just they were allowed to live and move to the United States, just sending their children randomly into the arms of the Catholic Church, which now seems like a terrible idea. But you're talking about your, your parents put you on a fucking plane or a boat or whatever to get to the United States uh, by yourself. Yeah. And then you have the audacity to then say that, oh, well, I shouldn't have done the dangerous thing. It's like, well, what about the rafters that came on rafts and, and braved shark infested waters to get to the United States? But they get to stay. It's like, did they not put their children in danger? Look at um, yeah, that. Man. And you know what? It's it's the kind of thing. There's where so it's many like, examples. It, the, the thing that's exhausting about it is that. There will inevitably be some some person who hears this and goes, "Are you saying that that wasn't mm. crazy that we sent our kids um w- on a plane to to and and never knew if we were going to see them again that we we allowed ourselves to be separated from our children ourselves that's how bad we wanted it and you go no nah, man we're just saying you should let other people have the exact same yeah. options because and yeah. they separate the kids and then say okay stay here forever i was like oh we're gonna separate your kids and keep them in cages and also uh and yeah we're gonna you send back. your ass back too it's like wait wait, wait hold on different yeah. story different story or you know what similar story different fucking ending i'll tell you that much I'll tell you this. So like this is so we're getting into like the weeds of the specific things, but I don't want just our, we've talked about this shit at length. Just the two of us. We've we've do, we've we've uh, spent many hours breaking apart, you know, wet foot dry. I had a whole joke about wet foot dry foot where there was a guy that windsurfed from Cuba to Miami and that guy got to stay. And he should have been given a Red Bull sponsorship immediately because it was like extreme freedom. Like I had, like I have whole bits built around these concepts because they're so absurd to then be to then to then use those arguments, then be to to have those like ideas then be turned like like closing the door behind you. Right, right, you know right. What right. I mean? Well, the absurdity like, the absurdity is to accept all the privilege and luxuries that are you know that are afforded to you by a government, and then. And one, then turn your back on the other people behind you. And then also turn your back on the specific part of the country. This is the mind-blowing part to me. You turn your back on the party in the country that actually gave you all the fucking rights. That actually allowed you to do everything. And then then you're portrayed pretty much like exclusively as a a right-wing as a yeah. as a as a people that are absolutely conservative when over 70% of cuban americans fucking are the most liberal motherfuckers on the yeah, planet it's insane and that's what this show's about so let's i i genuinely believe that there has to be more people out there with us and also i think like let's talk about like people in the public eye who 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 i would hope would be willing to spread that idea that they don't want to be defined by this insane like cult of Cuban Trumpers that have been on the news forever, you know, and and want to sh- sh- at the very least share a different perspective than the, the 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 it seems like it's portrayed as like this monolith of ethnicity as like the Cuban American where all the other Latinos are just like well, that's not you can't claim the same thing, you know. 
we'll get into the whole col- like uh, colonialism of of European colonialism, but in Spanish thing another time. But like that's literally what Cuba was is just you know colonial European colonialism. That's in right, Spanish. bro. They were just the conquered, like everyone else. Yeah, yeah. They were the conquered. And, uh, <laughs> but we le- we were talking about this before the show, and we figured we should do it on air. What is so we have like you know, people that we are going to have on the show that we know personally and who are very connected to this idea. And we would, but we also will have like celebrity dream guests mm. that we would love to get. And, um, I just want to start going, like you say one and then I say okay. one. And then like, who do, who, who would be like a dream? Like, or we can look up, let me look up a bunch of Here, I, yeah, Cuban. I'll open the site too, but before we open the site, we'll go those for like the in-depth ones when we run out. Sure. But I'm going to do that now. Let me see. Uh, I just go like famous. Right? Yeah, yeah. Famous. Let's look up the thing here. And we also don't know what these famous Cuban descendant. Yeah, some people have like entertainers deep on. lineage entertainers but we also, or whatever it may be. But also we would we don't know what their politics are either. So um, when we do reach out to all these people, uh, we might get a big old fuck you and we'll have our answer. But um. Oh shit! Uh, well, for me first, I would love to get Joey Coco Diaz, the as a comedian. Like ju- he's he's got a very different perspective because he grew up in the in the, you know this era in New York. He's talked about it at length and uh, on Joe Rob. I would love to talk to him about specifically his time in Miami and what that was like. Okay, uh, okay, Joey that makes Diaz. sense. So, see, I've been in education for I mean as long as I can remember. Um, I mean, my one of my dream guests would be the former president of Miami Dade College, Eduardo Padron. That guy oh, man, is such I, I a fucking a, boss. I, know. I picked a like a a, a a fun answer, and now you're all no you're making way, me dude, look that guy, less that classy. Is a fun answer. Have you seen that guy's glasses? That guy walks around with like red Harry Potter glasses all the time. Who? That, what's what's the guy's name? Eduardo um, Padron. Look it up. Look. Yeah. Show an image of that guy, and you you were like that guy is the president. What the? If you just screenshot it from here up, look at that. I mean, he's got some, he's got some sabor, bro. He's got some salsa in his fucking, in his step. (laughs) Let me tell you. But he's, so this is a, this is, again, the dichotomy of what we, like, there's a broad spectrum of what it means to be Cuban in America. And one of them is a a former drug addict, a stand-up comedian. (laughs) And then one is the head of Miami-Dade College and a bunch of other uh, re- yeah, like Medal of Honor, million other Medal of Honor recipients. Oh, sat oh on like God. Obama's education. Where that guy's a savage, a savage. I mean, that's aiming pretty high. <laughs> well, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Who knows? Uh, what about um, uh, uh, Ava Mendez? Ooh. She's a. Uh, has, well, she's half Cuban. What is it? What's her breakdown? Oh shit! Something closed. She probably got. Uh, she probably got a break. I mean, you know, we could go with the. I'm just all going by the, going down the list here. What is it? We go uh, with like what a list people. Like, look, I got the Time Magazine article from whenever of famous Cuban people, and it's like first person there. Obviously, uh, everyone would probably think like Gloria Stefan, right? I mean, Gloria Stefan. I mean, My Gloria goodness. Stefan was just honored Kennedy Center honor. By the way, Kennedy Center honor recipient. Boom, Gloria Stefan. Yeah. Gloria Stefan and and well and Emilio Estefan kind of go hand in hand. The Estefans are like this like driving force in in they, Miami look, and they, Latin they American are music. The Beyonce and Jay Z. They were Beyonce and Jay Z wow. before Beyonce and Jay Z. Old statement. Absolutely. That no 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 wrong, not wrong. Oh, yeah. I mean just like that is overlooked how big 
they they are in the world and were. That's uh, yeah, a yeah, great and still comparison. continue to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their daughter, oh man, dude, I, I saw that Kennedy Center performance. Their daughter is just savage, immensely talented. Yeah, yeah. Insane. We have, I have some connect. We we got to know people. That's the thing. Miami is also like the biggest small town in the yeah. world where everybody knows you, you somebody know who knows. You know that a guy, guy that knows Gloria. You know Stephan, a guy. Right? I uh, for sure. Yeah. I have to know somebody yeah. who knows Gloria. Uncle, Steph- Actually, I think uncle I do. Used to own a ranch where you know they had like live music. Fucking, he's got not Cuban, but Jerry Rivera. Like this, like ridiculously famous salsa artist in Puerto Rico. I mean, he's the artist that had the trumpet. So, that guy started at my uncle's ranch. It just started there. What? Yeah, nuts. When I was wow, yeah, wild. There were pictures of him and my. I was like. Just everyone knows That's a guy. Amazing. Everyone knows a guy. Everybody knows a guy. Uh, speaking of uh, music, uh, Cuban pop, uh, big Cuban oh, names in music. Pitbull. We're gonna say it on three. Did you already say it? I said it. One, two, three. Pitbull. Pitbull. Yeah, yes. Mister. We gotta have him. I want him to feature Mister. Three Hundred Five. I want him to feature on this podcast like he would pop up on a song oh. somewhere. Where I don't. I want it to appear like in the Zoom call, like just randomly, where it's like, "Hey, someone's trying to join," and it's Pitbull, and uh, then he just drops in, counts some numbers, talks about Dale, and then leaves. Dude, I love, and then I'd be I, like, "I love That's Pitbull." It. My my fiance gave me uh, for my our first my first birthday present from her was like a Pitbull coloring book. People know to get me Pitbull uh, merch. Let me tell you, bro. People know to get me Pitbull merchants. I once stopped dating a girl because she talked shit about Pitbull. She literally, oh, no. she literally said, Pitbull's music is terrible. He rides on other people. And I looked at her and I go, Kesha's first number one song, Pitbull. This person's yeah. first number one song, Pitbull. This person's first, first number one song, Pitbull. Yeah. Either he's writing everyone. I go, what's the one variable that's uh, in all of those yeah. songs? I go, it's not the other people. It's fucking Pitbull. So just so Pitbull. we know, Pitbull, if you're out there listening or the guy who I know who knows the guy who knows Pitbull. <laughs> look, we, this was not facetious, man. <laughs> it's we, You we, love I Pitbull. I love you, dude. So uh, yeah. it'd be great. Uh Let's see. Let's continue down the list. Uh, oh well, Rosario Dawson. Oh man, the Je- we have a Cuban Dawson. Jedi. I saw. You know what's that's the first Bro. thing I thought of. I saw her on the Mandalorian, and I went yes. Cuban Jedi. Get the fuck out! <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's oh, true. Absolutely. And she's gonna have her own series and everything. I was like, oh, this is so oh, good. We need God. to send her to Cuba with the lightsaber and just. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Cuban Jedi. Wow. A, Shit. A Cuban, I mean, an Oscar, be Oscar Isaac. Talk about that. We have a Cuban. Oh my God, yeah. We have a Cuban solo. Fucking we, nuts. <laughs> or half Cuban <laughs> solo. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's see. Go to Melissa Fumero, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, I love her. Man. She's, she's, she's. Amy Santiago, uh, dude. Yeah. She, and she plays Cuban on the show, which is kind of like. The, uh, we should talk about like she, eventually how like not just Cuban actors and entertainers and all that stuff, but like Cuban characters. Absolutely. Because they're never, you know, like there's such an, like it, it's an odd portrayal. Yeah. Um, uh, Andy Garcia. I don't know oh, his politics, Andy. but you know, God love mom, you know, gotta love Mambo Kings. You know what I mean? Gotta love it, man. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's like, would you say he's the biggest mainstream actor who of like who's cuban 
You know, like, he, is he the biggest? I mean, he was in The Godfather 3. He's been in a million yeah, big-ass movies. Yeah, yeah, when it comes to Cuban, Ocean's when 11, it comes to Cuban it's, it's Andy Garcia. Yeah, it's Andy Garcia. He's got to be the biggest one, right? Like, the most well-known. Most well-known, yeah, absolutely. It's Andy Garcia. And also, like, the that most... That and Desi Arnaz. If we could get Desi Arnaz on the show. That's, that'd be impressive as shit, you know? That'd be impressive. Can we get someone who's... I saw Tupac uh, at a conference recently, so I think we might be able to do Desi Arnaz. We'll get the hologram of Desi Arnaz on our show. Hologram. (laughs) Fuck, man. (laughs) Uh, Oscar Nunez from The Office. Get out of here. Oscar from The Office is Cuban? Oscar Nunez. I I did not know that. Oscar Nunez is born Uh, So I think you mean Oscar from the State Farm commercials. Uh, Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oscar from his... Oscar Nunez. He's so funny, man. He's so good. He's really great. And... uh, Let me see. Is this Cameron Diaz? Cameron, I don't know about Cameron Diaz. I mean, it says, I mean, I know her last name is Diaz. Uh, San Diego daughter, Cuban American father and a German mother. Cuban American father. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let's get that perspective. You see, all of this deserves these, these people all have some connection. They deserve to like talk about it and present a different view. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Also, I'm very quick and this is kind of a Cuban thing. I'm very quick to claim people and things they did for us. (laughs) I cubify things. Uh, yes. So the moment I hear Cameron Diaz, now I start to pronounce her name like, oh, yeah, it's Diaz. It's Cameron Diaz. Diaz. And also it makes me think like, I algo de Mary, la mascara. <laughs> like I just want to now <laughs> pronounce everything in Spanish for her. Hey, this Los Angeles right. de Charlie, Carlos Angeles. <laughs> Carlos Angeles. Los Angeles de Carlos. Um, uh, we have uh, Jamie Lynn Sig- Sigler. She was mezzo-soprano. Um Soledad O'Brien. We got oh, news people yeah. for sure. There are Cuban news people that we should talk to. Oh man, um, don't know his politics. Also- Would love to have Jose Canseco. Oh, oh my God, for so many reasons. Jose Canseco Boulevard in Sweetwater, Florida. Oh, oh no. I want to know what, we- how Jose, Jose we- <laughs> how do you feel about being named having Jose Canseco Street? I think it's 16th Street. <laughs> In Sweetwater, Florida. And it, to be fair, it dies like right at, I think it's 16th. It might have even given on 14th. It doesn't even lead anywhere. Should we have? Jose Canseco? <laughs> the slug master? The, the, the ultimate whistleblower? Absolutely, no. man. <laughs> Fucking ese hombre no, We should have Andy Samberg. We should have the Lonely Island people who did the Bash Brothers. The uh, Bash Brothers. Oh. Did you see that on HBO? Of course I did. I would have... I would have Jose Canseco, air quotes, Jose Canseco on the show oh, if it was Andy Samberg. If it was possible. Oh, that'd be great. But Jose Canseco, man, dude. Oh, oof. my God. Be like, do you feel um, happy? Be like, are you happy with what you did? <laughs> yeah. Like, we we would be we would be uh, doing a disservice to this if we didn't talk about baseball players because there's so many. Like, Cuba, oh. Cuba and baseball. Hold on. Is what? this real? Time Magazine says the beloved, ent- I'm, I'm going to say the name at the end. The beloved entertainer right. was born in Harlem in 1925 to African-American and Afro-Cuban parents. Sammy Davis Jr. What? I've always heard the Sammy? whole thing about him being, yeah, he's Jewish. But his parents I, or one of his I, parents were Cuban? Were Cuban? Or I mean, there are Jewish Cubans. Oh yeah! Wait a minute. What? That's why. I swear to God, Time Magazine, man. Sammy Davis Jr. 
I mean, I hope they check. I, their, know, I, I hope don't they know check how their to process sources. that. <laughs> no, nah, this one, this one, that can't be true. There's no way. Phase on love. Phase on love. Wait a minute. From phase on love. Friday. Big like yeah. Big perm. Big perm. A big worm. Big worm. Big worm. The comedian. He's, he's a, comedian. a comedian. Yeah, I know. He's like always touring. Love was born Langston Faison Santissima in Santiago de Cuba Santissima? and grew up a military brat. He was raised. What? Oh, OK. So he's a military brat. So maybe his family's not Cuban at all, but he happened to be born in Cuba. Bro, his last name is Santissima. Damn, that is a wow. very Cuban or very Hispanic Cuban American last name. I mean, it literally wow. means a lot of santis, a lot of santo. A lot, yeah. It literally, <laughs> santissima means like pianissimo. Yeah. Is very soft. Yeah. You he's know, very fortissimo much. is very, he's very much a santo. He's very santis. Yeah, he's wow. very much. Wow. Get the fuck out of here. Okay, hold on. I'm going to the next name on time. Cesar Romero, who played the Joker well, in Batman. Uh, I don't think we can. Again, we're going to need a seance and a Ouija board to get some of these people. Yeah, maybe but, we can uh, get someone who worked with them. Is Adam West still alive? I don't know. <laughs> no. Oh, no. This feels insensitive. Oh, uh, Bobby Cannavale. I just saw him. We were on my Ant-Man rewatch from my Missing Sock show. Bobby Cannavale? Yeah. He's, uh, he's listed here as, let's, let's say... He, oh, this guy. Yeah, Bobby Cannavale. He's in a lot of a like lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a t- Italian father and Cuban mother. Of course. That's uh, that feels that feels like a very big New York thing. Absolutely. There's a that's a Jersey, yeah, like a New York Jersey thing for sure. A lot of New York moms. A lot of Cuban moms. Um, Nestor Carbonell. He was Nestor, in. Right? We were talking about Dark Knight. He was in Dark Knight. Um, oh, okay. Hold on. This is the big one where. Again, this is definitely one of those like, oh, you claim them. My dad has even called me about this guy. Uh, so his father moved to the United States from Cuba as a teenager. So who knows what this is going to be, but we know his standings. Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. What? I don't know if you know this. Jeff Bezos' his dad. I think I'm almost certain about this. Jeff Bezos like adopted. And Jeff Bezos' dad is a Cuban guy. He's Cuban. What? Yeah, he came from Cuba as a teenager, uh, but instead of raising someone to become Ted Cruz, he raised someone to become Jeff Bezos. So, well, I mean, he's still a villain. So it's like uh, uh, very liberal. Uh, the Washington we're going to disagree on that. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it depends. He's a, he's not an ideological villain, but he's a, he execution wise, though. Yeah. <laughs> we do differ in in certain things i will say because we have different perspective where I, I i am very much an anti-billionaire uh person where that should not oh, there should not I, be i agree I, I agree but, that i just watched but, like the the next guest the david letterman melinda gates was talking about like the amazing things her and warren buffett have done and how they think you should give money back and i, I completely oh. agree but all i'm saying is jeff yeah. bezos is dead he's a cuban guy his stepdad. His stepdad. Is his step or was he adopted? Mike he Bezos, his mother, what, what when, the when Bezos was four him? years old, his mother remarried Mike Bezos, a Cuban immigrant. Still counts, I guess. Well, look, time but I will say yeah, this. It's a stretch, but uh, yeah, it's a stretch. I will say this, My but the fact that and all of a sudden he's like, oh, yeah, you see, you see a Cuban guy <laughs> raised the world to richest. 
Wow. I was like, what are, you, what are you talking about? He's it's not even his father. And he's like, and then we got into a whole thing of like environment versus genetics. Oh yeah, the nature versus nurture nature versus argument. Nurture. He's oh like, wait, you see, you see, a Cuban guy can raise the world's richest man. I'm like, wow. Oh yeah, okay. here's Sammy Davis Jr. Sammy Davis, um, man. Joey Diaz, baby. Let's see. Um, Let's see a bunch of people. Oh, this guy. Oh man, he's in a million things. Uh, I love act. I, I love um character actors that are like that guy from that thing that you never you never know their name, but you've seen him a million times. Yeah, yeah thing guy. Tony. Yeah, the 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 guy from that thing. There's a documentary about it. Uh, Tony Plana. He's like in a, a, like if you Google him, Google you look him up. He's I'm like go, oh, the guy from that thing. Yes, you're going to absolutely oh, that go. That guy. Oh, that guy. See. Oh yeah, he's that guy. I think you know what it is. This this is. I think we should like uh, shift over to this other idea, like like because we, we do have to like wrap it up. But um, there is such a ethnic ambiguity to what a Cuban person is, quote unquote, supposed to look like. Sure. That it's amazing to me how many people. I'm actually not. I'm I'm not surprised at how many people can are of Cuban descent that you would not like outright visually identify them. You don't clock them as as being Latino, or you don't clock, uh, like identify them as being specifically Cuban, because there's so much race mixing in Cuba as like a historical element of the people. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I get it all the time. I mean, I definitely get it in Texas where it's like, oh, we thought you were we thought you were white. And I'm like, yeah, and that's a that's a whole episode on its own. But it's like, which we will we get into. And I'm like, I am I am white, but I, they don't know whether Cubans are supposed to be really white or they're all black or they're yeah, light skinned. And have, I'm like everything. I, have, I just happen to be white. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the, the thing is, is that. I've, I would be very curious to take it. I've never done 23 in me or whatever, but I'd be very curious to see it because like my, my, on my grandfather's side, it goes back to Spain. And then there's for sure Middle Eastern, Northern African mixed in there somewhere. Cause I get, <clears throat> I've auditioned to everything from like Eastern European, you know, bad guy to, um, Middle Eastern bad. I'm a lot of bad guys. Of, yeah, I'm always I'm always a bad guy because yeah, I'm big and have a beard. Big and have a beard. You know, you're a bad guy. But see, I'm short. For, I'm short, round, and have a beard. So I'm the sidekick. You are the bad guy. You, yeah. In all fairness, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm the foo, and you're, <laughs> you know, guy and mom. I don't know, brother. I will. I'm going to put this on the podcast. You've been slimming down. You're looking slim and trim and looking all fit. Oh, you, maybe oh. I, maybe you're just. LeFou with self-confidence to become the Gaston, Ooh, but not be a dick about not it. Not be a dick. Oh. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe not, I live long enough to become the villain. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I think this is a great... Oh, we left some people off real quick. Sorry about that. Who do we got? Yeah, rapid fire, rapid fire. Yoel Romero and Yasiel Puig. I mean, for sure, athletes, man. Are you crazy? (laughs) Yoel Romero, fucking big, massive UFC fighter. That guy ate all his family's portions in Cuba. That's the only (laughs) way you get that size. And then Yasiel Puig. (laughs) I mean, we got to eventually talk about the fact that uh, Cuban baseball players can literally ignore what the there's no more wet foot, dry foot. There's no more path to citizenship, but they can still come to this country and all of a sudden make it onto major league baseball teams 
and just figure and it make out. bazillions of dollars because they're better than everybody else because the talent pool in cuba for baseball players is insane 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 yeah my grand my my grand well my 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 mom's stepdad my great my step grandfather grand stepfather whatever you want to call it he was a baseball coach in cuba and that was like a thing he always loved i remember we, we would like he when the when miami finally or florida the florida marlins finally became a thing he was like obsessed with it and it was like and he would tell stories about how cuba's like insane like all of the players that he coached could beat all of these motherfuckers oh yeah yeah, yeah it's it's it's, yeah. It, it's nuts and of course uh levon hernandez and yoeris uh cespedes so all of those people baseball 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 we'll, have have a, we'll do a whole baseball episode a whole one yeah it's we have to it's it's some crazy cubanity in in baseball um, I also, uh, so, uh, just, just to say thank you to everyone who's checking us out now. If you're finding us as we're airing, or maybe you come back to it later, uh, we appreciate you listening. We, we don't know how much of a audience there is for this, but I do believe that there is a unique, a uniqueness to this story that doesn't get told. And that's why we're doing it because it is who we are, but it's not who is, but then we are not represented in the world like it feels like we're not we're not getting enough attention for being individuals and for being having differences of point chris and i even have disagreements about things and in, in 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 terms of how we view the world like we we're individual people and as as a population of immigrants we should be striving to portray in to, to not portray cultural identities as monoliths because that that does a disservice to the actual discourse that needs to be happening right now and what has to happen to progress to help everybody and this is a in a, a very touchy time in 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 american history it's never been this divided and i think that if we portray everyone as <clears throat> generalizations yes they can exist but they do not they're, they're generalizations. They're not universalities. There's a difference. And if we take the generalization and take it down to the individual level, I feel like we can tell some very interesting stories on here. And I think that it starts with who we are. And we're going to be sharing that with you. And you can subscribe, like, you can share. Please, you know, if you have ideas for guests that we could have, please uh, follow us at O underscore the Cubanity on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Mike Mercadal on uh, social media, on any uh, social media. And then, uh, Chris, I don't know if you want to give out your personal social media or we're going to do it through the other oh, Cubanity. I can oh, we'll do other Cubanity. I'll figure, I'll figure it out. I think I'm going to make another Instagram account called uh, I've always been told I'm Cuban without the B because my last name's Quan. So if it's available, ah. Cuban without the B. Cuban without the yeah, B. Yeah, that'll be. We'll figure it out. I'll be, so if anything, if we're editing out, I'll be like, and uh, you can follow me guys at, on Instagram at Cuban without the B and on Twitter at Cuban without the B. So uh, check it out. Yeah. And uh, we appreciate if you if you like this, like it, share it, subscribe, have your friends listen. And if you know um, a guy to be, who knows a guy who you, knows Pitbull, please make sure you slide into their DMs with this shit. Please share. <laughs> Please share this with uh, anyone from the Arnez family or <laughs> anyone <laughs> that can contact Cesar Romero's ghost. Mm. Uh, that would be great if we Actually, could. Actually, uh, I know a lady who, who might be able to. <laughs> um, we are not uh, practitioners of Santeria, but we'd love to hear about what that sure. means for you as a Cuban person. Yeah. 
Um, it depends how attached you are to your left hand. That's all it costs if you want to. <laughs> Um, thank you everybody for listening uh, on behalf of Chris Kwan and myself Mike Mercadal thank you so much and um, we need to come up with a good sign off uh, uh, I always say many... cojelo suave, suave. Mm -hmm. what are some good Cuban Cubanisms because we got to find uh, we should have one every yeah, episode yeah, yeah. oh my dad fucking Wait. let me see um Cogelo yeah, yeah, yeah. suave con take it easy is the big one. Cogelo uh, con take it easy. Oh my god. Con take it easy, everyone. We didn't talk about Scarface once and we nailed it just now at the dismount. <laughs> <laughs> Bam! <laughs>